Hallelujah. Hey, good morning. You know, today is, it, I really believe that today's a special day. And, and I really believe that, that, that God's going to do something in our life going forward. You know, it seems like, and I've been, I really don't like winter, and I've told you that. I don't like winter. It's cold and it's dark. The days are short and the nights are long, and it's just dark. But it, and it seems like something happened, and we know what happened last spring, right before the spring, I think it's about February, that we entered into this period of darkness that's lasted up to this day. And it was caused by a, by a pandemic. And you know, I'm sorry that people lost their lives because of that pandemic. And many of us have had COVID. And, and, you know, and, you know, praise God, we had it and, and it, we, we had to quarantine for about 14 days, but we got over it. Most people do, you know, so we don't have to be afraid. See, that's the thing. We don't have to be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. Amen. Amen. And so, so this morning I was, I was, um, I was led to just share this with you about, it's called a new day, a new season. I'm sorry. Uh, I like to listen for your king and country and they have, they have a song and it's called burn the ships and they just burn the ships and leave them, leave them behind and welcome to a new day. I love that song. I listen to it all the time. And so it gave me the idea. And so I'm going to start off today by, by, by telling the story a little bit. And I'm going to share a scripture with you. But, you know, in, in, in John chapter 11, Jesus found out about a friend of his. And his name was Lazarus. And found out that, that in fact, his sister sent a message and said, the one you love is sick. And his disciples said, we, we need to go back there. And he said, no, what he has doesn't lead to death. His sickness won't kill him. And so anyway, he just kind of took his time to get there. And by the time he got there, we know the story that Lazarus was dead. And he had been in the grave for four days. He was in the tomb. And so the one who comes to see him, he had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and, and Martha come to see him. And the thing I noticed about Martha is she never backed away from a confrontation. Because, you know, the other story about him, they, they were, they, he came to their house and, and, and to, to have supper or to eat there. And one of them sat at his feet, but the other one was Martha. And Martha did all the work. And finally, Martha walked up to him and, and you know, and I think she had an attitude. And, and, and she said, doesn't it bother you that, that I'm doing all the work and my sister's sitting on her, well, she's sitting at your feet. And, and, but, but this time she walks up to him and she said, master, my brother's dead. If you would have been here, he would have lived even though, but even so I know that whatever God tells, whatever you ask God, that he will do it. And then he looked at her and he said, Martha, your brother will rise again. And then she argued a little more and she said, oh yeah, I know he's going to rise again because I'll see him at the, res the day of the resurrection. But here's what he said to her. And you know, I, the thing about Jesus, I think he will, because he was human, 
I believe that there was times like if she said with her attitude and the attitude she had, oh, sure, I want to see him someday. I wonder if he might have had an attitude a little bit too. You know, you think he went into the temple whispering at everybody? No, I think he had an attitude. And in and, and, and verse 25, it says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I believe he said it that way. Had a little juice behind it. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? <laughs> That's what she said. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who has come into the world. Hallelujah. See, Jesus, I talked about it last week. He was on a mission. He had a purpose to save that which was lost and to bring them back into fellowship with his heavenly father. And he knew that his, his time on earth was drawing near. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 51, it says this. Now, it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. That word received up means to be, it means to ascend. It means to go up. And, and it's from uh, this word it's used one time in the Bible. And it's analepis. And it means this, uh, it means an event that's happened in the past, referring to Elijah, when he was caught up in the whirlwind and the chariot of fire, and also Enoch. The Bible says this, that Enoch was 65 years old when he had a son, and his name was Methuselah. And when he, he lived there, after that, he was 300, he lived 300 years after that. And when he was 365 years old, the Bible says that he was walking and he was not. He vanished. But the Bible says this, for the Lord took him. Jesus knows that that time is coming. But you know, the, what I like about Jesus is, is he knew what he was going to have to do. He was going to have to win our salvation. And he could see ahead. And he knew all the things that was going to happen to him. And, and, and so he said this. It goes, it says, he set his face to go to, to Jerusalem. And that's from Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 7. It says, for the Lord God will help. I'm sorry, let me say it again. He, the Lord God will help me. That's how it starts off. Now, when I was reading that yesterday, I want you to know this. The Lord God wants to help you. And you need to receive that no matter where you're at. You know what the Bible says? That we trust in him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. Why does he have that in there? Because when we lean to our own understanding, then we begin to say, why me? Or why is this happening to me? But when you walk with God, you know that he's going to be with you and he's going to help you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He wants to help you. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say this. Therefore, I set my foot. Oh, I missed the line. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. Because he was sent to redeem us. The Bible says this. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame as he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. That word joy. The reason why he had joy is because he was, because he, he knew he was going to redeem God's creation and he was doing the will of the father. 
And God never left him. He was always with him, even in his darkest hour. In Gethsemane, the Bible says this. He said this, if, if it be your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In John 4, 34, it says this, my, the thing, my meat or my nourishment, the thing that keeps me going is to do the will of the Father. Jesus always did the will of the Father. And then it goes on to say this, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. See, God was with him and he sent help for him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then the sweat came like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus was in a dark place. He, he was in, again, it was like a winter season. He was in a dark place. And, and you know, when you think about this, Jesus, why was he in this dark place? Well, he knew it was God's will to do that. But at the same time, one of his own people betrayed him. One of his own disciples did. And one of his best friends denied him three times. He was arrested. And when he was arrested, the, the soldiers, they punched him in the face. And they began to mock him. And they put a robe on him. And after that, he had to go see Pilate. And when he came before Pilate, Pilate had, he received a message and, and his wife said, I had a dream about this man. He's a righteous man. And I was tormented all night, have nothing to do with this man. Pilate was a little bit jumpy about it. And, and so what he did is he knew there was a way out because he was a Galilean. So he sent him to Herod. Herod was excited about it because he had heard of Jesus and his miracles. In fact, he, wanted, he thought Jesus would do a miracle for him. But you know, before this, this encounter was over with, they treated Jesus with contempt and sent him back to Pilate. This time, Pilate had him scourged. And when he scourged, when you think of that, it's a whip that has 12, it has 12 strands and each at the end, it, they're leather straps. And at the, each one of them, each one has a weapon. There's a weapon in each one of them. It's like a, a razor blade, if you can imagine this. And when you got hit with that scourge, it would just dig into your skin. It would stick to your skin, and then they would just pull, rip. So when you received one of these lashings, a lot of people didn't even live through them. But it would expose blood vessels, muscles, and it, even some inward parts. So that's why many people didn't live through this. And after this, they put a thorn, a crown of thorns on his head, jammed it into his head, and then put a purple robe on him. And they mocked him again. And he had to go back to Pilate. You know, Pilate was just going, wow, there's still one way out of this. He said, because I know that I can release one of the prisoners I know if I do this, it's because of the feast. They can, one of the people can be let go. And so he asked them if they would like to do that. He said, you know, what about the king of the Jews? You know what they said? They said, crucify him. And they picked another man named Barabbas. And they continued to say, crucify him to the point that finally Pilate washed his hands. 
to the whole matter. But then the torment just continued because Jesus carried his own cross until he just collapsed because he couldn't carry it anymore. Another man picked it up and they went to Golgotha where he was crucified. They drove those nails through his hands and through his feet and they put him on that cross between two thieves and Jesus was there on that cross. And you know what he said? (laughs) He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And when I read that, I always think about, Father, forgive Donnie. Father, forgive Steve. Boy, did he need forgiven. I'm just kidding, Steve. Okay. <laughs> forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, let me read this to you. In, in, in Mark chapter 15 and verse 33, it says, Now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama, sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And every time I read that, I think of this. The Bible says, himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin could live under righteousness. Another one said that, It says, I got me a little cheat sheet here. Hallelujah. He who did no sin was made to be sin for me, us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is the time when he was in his darkest place, though. This is the time he cried out because he he was separated from his father. And that's when the sin and the death and the sickness and the pain was put on his body. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, it says this. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Remember after that, there was an earthquake. And then there was a soldier that pierced him. And in Zechariah 12, 9, this was prophesied. He spoke to Zechariah saying this, they will look on me, the one who was pierced. And the Bible says that blood and water flowed out of him. That was the end of his earthly life. The good thing about it, I guess, is that friendly hands, people who loved Jesus, got his body. And they anointed it with spices. And they put him in a rich man's tomb. And this was the end of his earthly life. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But here's the good news. Amen. After three days, he rose from the dead. Amen. He rose from the dead. After three days, he did that for us and he rose from the dead. Now listen to this. He, he defeated sin and death on the cross. First Corinthians 15 And I'm going to start with verse 55. It says this, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? It's almost like, where is it? And he goes on to say this, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We have the power to overcome darkness in our lives. You better say amen to that. You have the power because he did that to overcome darkness in your life. No more fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. No more bondage either. You don't have to be bound to depression. You don't have to be bound to any of those things. Because the Bible says in John 8, 36, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. You need to take that. You know, I don't want to hear anymore about people who are depressed or they're sad because we've been locked up in our houses for a whole year. We walk around with a mask on and everybody's mad about it. In fact, I'm kind of getting a little mad. No, I'm not mad. I'm just kidding. That's why I always say it's important for us to be nice to everybody. People need nice today, you guys. Because that mask, you know what it does? It separates us from everybody else. We're in this safe zone. Like, I don't have to look at him. I just have to look straight ahead. You don't even know if someone's smiling. Well, some eyes, you know, some people's eyes are lit up. I know, I think even if uh, some people had a mask on, I just know that. that. If they were smiling, I can see it because of their eyes. Hallelujah. Hillary's that way. Look at, I mean, even her eyes light up when she smiles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where was I? Everything in the past is gone. And if you believe in the power of the resurrection, but you know what you have to do? You have to claim that power. You have to insist on that power and you have to declare that power in your life. You have to open your mouth. You know, when you got saved, you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. So at this point, you know you have the power to do it. God has given you the strength to do it. So you have to be, get to the point to where you're always speaking against that. And you know when it's coming on you. You know when anger is coming on you. You know when frustration is coming on you. You know even if you feel like you're alone or depressed or sad, you know it. But God has given you the power to come against that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He's given you the power to do that, but you need to walk in it. Hallelujah. So the Bible says this in Isaiah 43 and verse 18 starts there. It says, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall come, it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, the other day when I woke up and I saw the sun, I was thinking, I love spring. I like spring. You know, it's just so different. And now the days are longer and we have sunlight now. It's not dark, you guys. But I believe it's symbolic of what God's doing in the church. There's still darkness out in the world, but we have to be the light. And the only way we can do that is if each and every one of us get a hold of the power that's available to us. That when we're out in the community, that our light so shines before men that they see our good works and it glorifies our Father in heaven. And we're obedient and we reach out to them and share that gift of life that's on the inside of us and let them know that God loves them and God has an answer for their situation. Amen? Amen. I think it's important that we do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just like this. Do you remember when you first got born again? 
I mean, I remember when I first got born again. It was so cool. I started telling everybody. And you know, I, in, in my family, nobody gave a rip. But I, but I still had to tell them. Hallelujah. I had to tell them, hey, old things have passed away and all things become new. And they go, well, so what? You know, but I had to do, I just really had to tell people because I was so excited. I believe that that same excitement has come on me again. And, and I believe now that people will listen. I believe that people, that God will open up their ears to hear the message of Jesus Christ. I really believe it. And we're in this new season. And I believe it's going to be a season of power. It's going to be a season of healing. It's going to be a season of uh, miracles. It's going to be a season of turnarounds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because God wants to raise things from the dead that's in your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where am I at? I want to share one more scripture with you. Well, two more. I'm sorry. And maybe another one. But, but it says in Song of Solomon, and it starts with, uh, it's in ver- chapter 2 and verse 10. Now, I don't spend much time in Song of Solomon. It's a little cheesy for me. But, <laughs> but listen to this. Listen to this story, or this verse. It goes, my beloved spoke and said to me, who's our beloved? Jesus, amen. My beloved spoke and he said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, winter is past. It's so poetic. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. I hope God puts a song in your heart. You know what? The other morning I could hear the doves and they were out there going, hoo-hoo, whatever they do that. I think it's cool. In fact, some of them land in our tree. They roost there. I don't like that. But, <laughs> but you know, it is, you know what? It, I really think it's a message for us that we need to be excited about a new season in our life. Would you receive that? Would you speak life into that dream that has died? Would you say, oh no, devil, that's, that's alive on the inside of me. God spoke that to me and I speak life to it in the name of Jesus. How about that relationship, that marriage? How about that marriage that you think is over? Speak life into it. Speak life back into that. You know what I think God will do? God will make, he'll, he'll make you to fall in love like you were when you first met. I believe he can do that. Amen? Amen. You know, when, when you're really in love, it, it just should never change. You should be excited every day about being in love. Hallelujah. And how about that? I, had, I wrote another one down. It would be dream. Oh, I believe that there's some people who, who have been believing for, for like that breakthrough at work, a business that you may have, something like that. Don't give up, okay? I was talking to this guy just the other day, and I was walking the dog, and I was talking to him on the phone, and I was ministering to him, and these are the words I told him. Don't give up. Don't give up. And that's what I'm going to say to you today. Don't give up. Because God is on your side. Can you imagine him walking with you all the time? I love to tell the stories about my kids. 
But it's, you know, when we have an advocate walking with us all the time, it's like having a big brother. And, and, and I remember one time when the boys, we have two younger sons and they have an older brother. And I remember that, that they came running in the house. And, and what happened is the youngest one, they had these water guns that would shoot like to the middle of the street. And so this kid, this kid came by on his bicycle. So they blasted this kid and he fell off his bike and they laughed. They thought that was so funny until their big brother, he went and got his big brother. <laughs> and, and, and they came running in the house to get their big brother. But you know what was cool about it? Their big brother was bigger. He was actually bigger. That's like Jesus. And he's always rooting for us. And he always wants us to win. I wrote this down and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. It said, Jesus rose 2,000 years ago so you can live the resurrected life. You can walk in the power if you choose to take it. Don't just remember the power. You can walk in the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. You can walk in that power, you guys. If you decide that that's what you want to do. The Bible says this. If the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, then that same spirit will quicken your mortal body if that spirit lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen online, you guys. Listen now and anyone in this room. Everything I'm talking about today belongs to a Christian. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to do it today. And I don't want to embarrass. Yeah, I do. I want to embarrass people. I, I want you, if, if you've never received Jesus, would you, would you raise your hand? I want, to, I want you to raise your hand. Don't leave here today without Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, it looks like nobody had their hand up. How about this? How about if you've been away from God? You know what I heard the other day? I heard that people during the whole uh, COVID thing and, and not being able to go to church, a lot of people just blew it off. A lot of people, maybe they were online for a while, but after a while, they lost the fizz. It wasn't the same. And it's time to come home. It's, and, and, you know, that's called the backslider. That's what the Bible says. But you know what? Today, I want you to come back. And I want to lead you to Jesus. We have prayer partners that are going to be available this morning to pray for you. But the other thing is God wants to heal your body. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal every from top to bottom. Spirit, soul, and body make you whole. He wants to do that. God wants to heal you.